Disrupting Worship, the podcast, is a set of conversations about the future of gathered worship. In the midst of struggle and tragedy, lockdown has offered us an unprecedented opportunity to pause, reflect, and reshape what it looks like to meet with God, the world, and one another. Hi everyone and welcome to Disrupting Worship uh, with your co-host Grace and Sam. Hello. And I'm delighted that we've got Bethan and Lucy joining us. We're going to talk all things, I think, young people, worship, COVID, pandemic. And uh, I'm going to be saying, help me, help me. I ne- I really need this conversation. That's all I can say, guys. <laughs> so I'm not saying no, no pressure, but, you know, I'm really looking forward to this conversation, what you have to share with us. So, um, no further ado, Lucy, just do you want to say a bit about who you are and probably why you think you're invited to have been part of this conversation? Sure. Um, I'm Lucy Shuka and I'm the Director of Research at Youthscape. And Youthscape's a national youth work charity. It's based in Luton. Um, and so I spend my time uh, looking at and reading research that's done around young people. But also we do our own research as well. We publish a few reports a year and that's anything to do with teenagers the church spirituality and faith and that kind of thing great thanks Lucy and Bethan yeah so I mean you've already said my name so I I am Bethan (laughs) I uh, work for Youth for Christ and British Youth for Christ I'm based in a place called Hills Owen which is just outside of Birmingham for those of you who've never heard of Hills Owen before Um, and I am head of youth work and discipleship for 11 to 18s and part of the church resources department where we basically do whatever we can to help churches and youth workers work with young people so whether that's training, whether it's writing sessions, whether it's providing game ideas for the summer holidays or um, Christmas activities, we do anything and everything we can to help churches reach young people, basically, in a nutshell. Awesome. Great. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, Sam, do you want to kick us off with a, I know, a fruity question to get us going? <laughs> yeah, well, I suspect, um, you know, lots of people listening to this uh, have got you know maybe no young people but maybe you know you have had some young people in your church but I think we've all experienced in the pandemic the the challenges of keeping connection with our young people Mm. Uh, we obviously haven't been able to meet for a long time and although we might have assumed that young people would love to do everything over zoom actually that's not been my experience Um, Mm. and and then yeah I mean there's a whole bunch of other factors that you know kind of play into all this but I'd love to get your guys kind of take on just where you think you know I'm sure people are wanting to kind of reconnect with young people or maybe connect with young people for the first time and maybe they're just you know sense that there are opportunities right now but but where are young people at what are what's going on for young people and and how can we start to kind of connect with them yeah I think you know, it's, it's been a tough season, hasn't it? And I think 18 months is a long time in the life of a young person and a lot changes in that time period. And I think when you're a young person, growing up is tough anyway and dealing with all the things that growing up and what you're going to do with your future and friends and school and mental health and all these different things are really difficult. And I think um, one of the things that I have sort of seen um, throughout this season and coming out is actually just the the need for support and connection with young people and I think it's really interesting as you said that um, you know this generation have been called digital natives but actually this group of digital natives 
have been so desperate for real life connection. And actually, sometimes they have been the ones who've kind of sneakily broken the rules earlier in the lockdowns and that because they've been desperate just for that face to face contact with friends. Um, and I actually think that there is something beautiful about as we are able to start meeting up with young people again to build that in-person connection. And I think it just reminds us that there is something about that physical being in the same spaces connection that can't be replaced online and online is a wonderful tool and I think one that lots of people have um, become better accustomed with over the past year and I think it will be used as a great tool moving forward but I think it's probably reminded us actually that that you know just gathering together in person is so important even for this digital generation um, so yeah I don't know if Lucy you want to add some stuff in there. I think that's I think that's so true. And um, we did a bit of research the end of last year. So sort of a, a survey of about 500 youth workers. And it was meant to be just something for for Youthscape for us to understand a little bit about what what, what we could learn about what youth workers were experiencing. But it really bore out what you're saying, Beth. And, and I think um, one thing, even just before thinking about where young people are are now and what they need is that. I think what we learned from that is is that I don't I mean I don't think youth workers will have experienced anything like this before in terms of if you're a youth worker mm. you're you're calling your vocation whether you're a volunteer and just doing your best or whether like this is you for 20 years paid what what you love doing is and serving young people and connecting with young people and this has been really hard mm. it's been really hard to do the thing that you love and and I what we found in that piece of research is that across all the activities that we asked youth workers about so that was like Sunday things and schools work and youth groups on a Friday night and all that kind of thing there was an average loss of 53 percent of young people between January and the autumn And and so just to put a number on the amount of young people that sort of disappeared from that sense of connection that's massive and so I just sort of wanted to share that with you because if there are any youth workers or pastors listening and you're feeling that sense of loss still or grief or any sense of failure or any sense that like is that is, is this just me <laughs> it is not just you it's not just you this has been a massive blow to the youth youth work community's connection with young people and and it's not because of anything that you've done wrong or anything that's largely within your control and so I suppose I just wanted to say that um from from that piece of work that we did Mm. because because I think any chance I've had to sort of validate that this has just been really tough for lots of people um and if you found it hard that you know you're not alone I sort of wanted to start there really Mm. Mm. um but yeah, one of the one of the things we found in, in asking that we then asked kind of what are the challenges and what are the opportunities that you found in this time? And the biggest challenge was, you know, we started strong on Zoom and then within about six weeks, mm. <laughs> the disengagement mm. started happening and um, and the cameras started going off. And even those who we had that contact with started kind of slipping away a little bit and um, and, and then it turned out this wasn't going to be just two months of a pandemic. Like you said, Beth, we're 18 months in. Mm. Uh, so that's been a massive, a massive challenge. And just the constant change of like, you think you're back in person and you read up all the guidance and then <laughs> the guidance changes. And then your, your PCC says, actually, you can't do that. And you're, <laughs> you're back to like Zoom again. And it's only like two and a half people. And it's really hard to get everyone going yeah. for the game. And all of that has just i think really taking its toll on confidence um you know vol- volunteers being 
you know, your volunteer team gets a knock as well. People are on furlough, but people are homeschooling. And just from every direction, it has been really, really hard work. So so there, there are opportunities and there are things to say about how youth ministry will be different and what to do off the back of this. And I will say more about thoughts about that. But mm. I think I just wanted to start with like, yeah. goodness mm. me, this has been hard. Yeah. yeah. And I think we don't take into consideration um, the family unit which our young people are placed in which is why it's been hard so there'll be some young people who even the most stable families have been pushed to the limit and then there are those who home has never been that safer place to be in and the youth group was a way out and then and then you've got everything in the middle and so I often think that that is the silent voice we never really hear and that's the context Mm. which you have to look at this as well but there's a whole family dynamic going on that some of us are aware of the dynamic or we're not and that I think has had a big interplay as to how much the young people have been able to engage and connect depending on the what is all going on behind them and around them and I think we mustn't we mustn't forget that really they are their own person but they are a person you know if they're 11 to 16 they're still a person within a family unit however healthy or unhealthy that is and so sometimes I felt at the moment youth work has been more about trying to ascertain what's going on with the parent or the carer and then once you ascertain you get a clear understanding this then helped me to tell the person this is why they're not turning up to anything because yeah. this is what this is what's happening or you know as you said they're having to homeschool the little one or they're on furlough or they've lost their job or whatever, whatever and so I think this has been a way in which we've had to remember that the young people we're seeking to reach are placed within a unit mm-hmm. they're not just some independent they are an independent being with their own thoughts their own values their own desires um, their own experiences of faith and God but they are still most of them within some unit or another and until I've had to learn that we've had to attend to the unit mm. because that has impact as to that young person's involvement or not involvement. Or as you said, they just, it's keeping the goody gob, you know, the, the cards going, we miss you, we haven't forgotten you. And that's the best that we can do because we know the rest is just mm. a tsunami of what God knows having to deal with. Yeah. And I think it's interesting how you brought up this idea of um, like family as well. And when thinking about faith and um, worship and these units. So just before the pandemic began, We Youth for Christ had released a bit of research called Z2 of Spirituality and actually it came out then that um, young people had placed family as one of their top three influences on faith and spirituality. And that was even before this extended period of sort of intense confined times <laughs> with their family. And so it'd be almost be interesting to kind of redo that now and see, has that been a good thing or, a, um, you know, has it been seen as a yeah. positive or a negative thing in terms of that? But I think it's one of those things as well that when we think about the holistic journey of a young person, actually, that um, it, it it's more than, you know, it, it's far too much pressure to put a whole young person's journey on a sole youth worker in a church. Um, but actually, there's the, there is this whole family element behind it as well. And I think um, what it means when it comes to a faith journey, to a worship life, to a prayer life, to have, um, you know, family is an extended part of that and some young people are from christian homes where that will be fostered and encouraged and some won't be and so that will look very very different um but i think it's definitely one of those things where time and time again when we chat to this generation about priorities and values and what's important to them family comes up again and again and again and so Mm. i think it is really interesting that you bring that up as well interestingly there has been like wider research that showed that relationship with parents 
had improved uh, earlier. This is particularly earlier in the pandemic for lots of young people. Um, it should, certainly won't be the case for all, but I thought that was, I did think that was kind of interesting and that one mm. of, when, when young people asked about um, what was positive about the first lockdown in particular, time with family and conversation with family was, was one of the things that was highlighted, which is sort of not what you expect because there's a kind of an, an obvious stereotype of teenagers as just always being in conflict with their families. But actually it's sort of generationally, um, relationship with parents are more improved for young people now than they were sort of 10 years ago in terms of seeing parents as people they want to talk to, which I think is kind of interesting, especially when we think about, as you say, par- what's the role of family and parents on faith journeys and how do youth workers partner with parents um to to support faith development rather than kind of it all being outsourced to the to the church youth Mm. worker especially because lots of people don't have church youth workers Mm. lots of churches can't afford to have youth workers or or can't find volunteers so parents feel really important in that context Mm. Mm. i do entirely agree but i as a parent of a teenager (laughs) the thing that i'm realizing that my daughter has missed out on over the last you know couple of years is the opportunity to go away so mm. I mean and again it's difficult because you can put your own story onto your kids can't you but like for me going to spring harvest every year was so significant and it meant that it wasn't the faith of my parents that I was stepping into there was a whole other peer group and a whole other sort of yeah. community that I felt I was part of and I just wonder if you guys have had experience of that as well obviously you know Soul Survivor closed just before the pandemic and nothing was able to restart mm. and we haven't been able to have you know the simple um you know let's go away as a youth group to a, you know a center for a weekend or something mm. so uh, have you guys noticed that with young people the, the sort of lack of residential type things I'd, I, I would say yes I think uh, often it's a highlight particularly of just you know simply it can be a highlight of their year and they talk about it and it's often where groups will really deeply gel very quickly and which almost sets them up as a group to go deeper in the next season um but I think not even just young people but I think youth workers have really felt it and I think um and I think we we sort of started looking into some of this last year again before the pandemic in terms of um, youth workers and going to festivals and things. And one of the things that we often found was um, the youth workers would take their young people to these events. And often, you know, at these events, there are often um, gospel calls and responses. And these are often times when young people have really significant experiences or memorable moments um, with God or when they make decisions um, for the first time um, and are taken out of their normal environment and into these ones. And um, what we found was that often... um, youth workers would see see those as great opportunities to take their young people along to knowing that they would get those opportunities um but when asking young sort of youth workers if they felt confident in leading those kind of moments themselves in their own contexts actually quite a lot of youth workers actually came back and said that they didn't feel particularly confident in leading a gospel response moment or leading a young person to Jesus and you know we've got some youth workers who are employed 40 hours a week and you've got some who've got a full-time job and they're volunteering and and they're just doing their best and actually they've only started doing it six months ago and have never done youth work before and so you've got a whole range going on here and so I think um one of the things we've been looking at is how do we help youth workers gain confidence in being able to 
do have those moments with their um, young people themselves. And I think it's one of those things that, especially in the absence, is really reflected back that um, that these festivals provided beautiful moments in so many different ways and and brought so much uh, to the table and so many rich opportunities. And I think it's um, figuring out what can we learn from their absence and also looking forward to when we can have them again as well. Yeah. So. They're so important for churches where you've only got a handful or even like one or two young people mm. because I mean you're right they do so many things they part of what they do is is, is you go and you realize it makes your, your faith becomes a bit more plausible you realize mm. you're not crazy because you believe some you know you believe in an invisible god that you can't see um <laughs> there are all these other people that sort of believe this yeah. too and that, that experience of being held in a major experience of like worship and noise and mm. um crowd it's not enough it's not sufficient for anyone's faith it has to be connected with year-round discipleship and mm. and that i think what you're saying Bethan, is really interesting about the kind of how do we how do we not outsource those moments to the big events? How do we build up the confidence of, of those people who are holding young people, whether they're parents or volunteer youth workers, in the rest of that time? But that discipleship is, is knitted together so that you have those moments of like high confidence and decision making and creating memories that sort of anchor your faith development so you can look back and say it was at that time, while also knowing like the outworking of it is also happening and you don't get that awful you know, the worst discipleship journey is one where you just come back and make the same decision and the same confession. Um, and you just like go down and back up to where you were at the start and yeah. down and back yeah. up. Yeah. And there's no movement. And and so I think, you know, what can we learn from part of part of the other extreme that we've had is we haven't had any of those moments. And it's all been about what is there in terms of your faith when you can't be gathered and when you can't be connected to those people that have given you that. And, and it's a bit hard to expect a 14-year-old to have a well-developed faith that kind of can <laughs> be resilient through a pandemic. But mm. I think it has probably been a bit of a, a wake-up call if, if our youth work hasn't been about introducing young people to Jesus and developing discipleship. If it's been about just holding, like, socialisation, you know, just holding mm. them in the church mm. just by virtue of, like, entertainment and, and their peers that's not going to be enough when they go off to university for anything to for them to think like this is worth giving my life for so I think it has probably also on the one hand it's like let's not um let's be really kind and gentle to ourselves at the other side of the pandemic and on the other end it's been a bit of a kind of what is worth doing what what is worth introducing young people to um because it's you know the world that they're in is secular um it really is so so if if they haven't seen something that they really find attractive, they haven't really encountered mm. Jesus, um, then then also we probably we're probably missing something. Mm. Mm. Can I pick pick up on you? I think you set the scene really well about if we felt that our numbers have dropped off, that's totally normal. It's not just us. Yeah, people there, these young people are part of a family unit, and maybe some of them their relationships with in their family unit have hopefully improved. Um, or might have dipped and then come back up again and there's things that we've missed so in the in the climate we're in now and you know in our thing we've seen connection has dropped off what what are the opportunities or the challenge how how do how do we foster reconnection because <laughs> you know Bethany said they you know that our young people young people looking for support and connection and yet mm -hmm. from the church's perspective it looks like there's been a massive disconnection 
Um, and I'm also picking up on not wanting to replicate what's going on in the world. You know, I often think mm. churches shouldn't try and do stuff. That we, let's be honest, we have not got the resources for to do. So what can we do, do well? So I suppose that's a bit of a garbled thing. What, what does support and connection look like? And I don't know, what do we do with that 53% who we're kind of thinking, I don't know, they're ever going to come back kind of thing. Wow, there's a big pause there. <laughs> um, oh, well, I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know, is the really short and unhelpful answer, but people are trying all sorts of creative things, I think. Um, I think, what do I think? Um, I suppose that processing what has happened and being being people, safe people for um, for just listening mm-hmm. and understanding what young people are experiencing and what life is like for them feels really important. So being adults that aren't, yeah, I'll take your point, Sam, being adults that aren't parents and aren't teachers in that, in that space mm-hmm. where, where, where someone's just without any kind of judgment has got lots of time for you and can listen mm. to you. And that's the space where you find out, I suppose, what young people do need. And um, and I think there will be lots of like mental, mental health needs coming out of this. I think there'll be lots of uh, need to process anxiety um, about mm. coming. I mean, the, the number of kids that will have been in and out of bubbles bursting, their home, their back, mm. it's so disruptive and their life will have been so disrupted. Um, there's we know that there's anxiety about the future mm. about a sense of stability in the future being kind of quite rocked and so I think there will be a there'll be a real need for just safe adults to listen and to you know we don't, none of us have to be mental health experts if that's not where we're coming from but the power of non-judgmental <laughs> extensive listening I think <laughs> should not be underestimated mm. um, I think prayer is a really big part of that as well isn't it creating spaces for mm. um a prayer of all different kinds um, and teaching young people how to pray they pray themselves um and i think and i think being willing to try lots of different things and take risks and um, invite young people to be part of working out what church could look like for them um i think one of the things that we've realized is that <laughs> before the pandemic there was very low willingness on the part of most churches to change the way they do things at all let alone for the benefit of young people so there was there was a survey that was done in summer 2019 and 600 odd churches were asked would you would you provide online youth work if you had the skills and the resources to do it and seven percent of churches said yes um and that was if they had the skills and the resources and then the pandemic came along and (laughs) most churches that could went online because they were forced to but that doesn't leave me hugely hopeful that out the back of it that I mean there will be a legacy of having tried something new but I feel I feel a little maybe I'm just being a pessimist but my sense is that lots of churches will just ping straight back to the shape they were before whereas there's actually an opportunity here to talk to young people and say what would work for you how would you like to be included in the congregation what would you like to con- contribute mm. what do you think of this whole thing mm. and to actually make them not like the church in waiting but but contributors and participants in worship now uh yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of them have those skills and they are in places and spaces that that um 
where church church can be. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so involving them in that kind of what is the sh- future shape of this, I think, is is really important. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah definitely. And I, I think, you know, with this drop in numbers and, you know, we always hope to see more young people sort of coming to know Jesus and, you know, I just think there isn't there isn't a five step plan that has ever worked. Never mind mm. after a pandemic. Mm. Um, and so it, part of it will totally depend on your context and your young people. And uh, and I think sort of as Lucy's touched on, like chatting to the young people themselves is is so valuable in terms of what is to come. And also j- just finding out, you know, if there are people who are still coming to your group and they've got friends who've stopped, just asking them why. I mean it could be that they do have that anxiety about regathering uh, with lots of people again. It could be that they've got loads of big questions about faith and actually, okay, well, if you've got a connection with them, is it good for you to try and meet up with them one-to-one rather than pulling them into the church first? Or, you know, there can be all sorts of different reasons. Um, And I think, I know for some of the young people at my church, we were on Zoom for a large, large portion of the past um, year, as many youth groups were. And we had a brief stint in the autumn last year. We were able to meet alternate weeks and then we had lockdowns happened again. Um, And then this past sort of term, we've had alternate weeks again, one week on Zoom and one week in person. The weeks we've done it in person, in, in my particular small group, we've had about eight to ten young people turn up. But then on the weeks we've had Zoom, we've had maybe two or three. Mm. So what that says to us is that they haven't given up on wanting to come. They just don't want to be on Zoom. So for us, we're going, OK, so we now know that about s- some of them. And, and we know we've chatted to them and they're just a bit done with <laughs> with being online. And so for us, we're like, OK, that's something we need to bear in mind. But I think... Um, you know, we're, we're coming up to a new academic year and new academic years are always a good place to start with resetting culture and resetting vision and also provides a really non-awkward opportunity to contact young people who've not been around for a while to go, hey, things are kicking back off soon because it feels natural to let people know that stuff's going to be back on soon. It doesn't feel like you're trying to just awkwardly hunt someone down mm. um and wonder why they're not around and so I think it's it's making most of those opportunities as we can and you know I think I really wish that we could give some very simple solutions to how to get young people back in in, in our churches and figuring out where those drop-offs are but I think it, some of it probably is just listening and a bit of a hard graft in terms of um really trying to dig deep into some of those reasons and how we can best create spaces that are accessible and friendly to those young people in our communities so yeah I think one of the things that is an opportunity is the the sense that young people have experienced a lot of suffering so they have experienced 18 months of the pandemic and a huge amount of grief you know some of them will have lost people that they love but also just the loss of so many markers of transition and school life and things that they should have experienced and then they also witnessed a wave of global protest around racial injustice um, and and all that happened after the murder of George Floyd last year they're also largely very conscious of the climate crisis and the future that they are going to inherit and what that means for them And, and and one of the things I think that that could force the church to do is is to engage with young people and to think about how we share a theology of suffering with them Mm. that doesn't hide from them the truth that God is with us in suffering and is a suffering God Mm. and can cope with 
doubt and fear and anxiety and grief mm-hmm. and um that's obviously not the whole of it but that's such there is so much comfort and um life that comes in in what the christian story speaks to suffering mm-hmm. and i and i think we could i suppose just just acknowledging that um that adults need that as well mm-hmm. as young people um but that we have something to we have something to do in just naming naming that that suffering is is always going to be with us and that god is present in it and that that is not ultimately a reason not to believe in god it's a reason to believe in a different kind of god mm. Mm, yeah that's really rich and it would it will take a lot when it we've talked about lament in this podcast before but i think it it just takes some thinking through doesn't it and some some you know mm. tr- almost trial and error uh, but to, to to get to resources and things because it's not handed to us on a plate you know here's how to lament yeah and I think lots of people are afraid of that kind of thing and they don't want to get over overly emotional or whatever but we so need it I mean we're recording this uh, a few days after England lost the football and uh, you know yeah. this the outpouring of you know for some people it manifests as anger or you know really really negative responses but for other people they're just uh you know feeling that sadness but not necessarily knowing how to process it so i think that's that's a really rich suggestion lucy Mm. it's hard to take people where we haven't gone ourselves and Mm. that is that is something that we 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 did another piece of research called we do god that was about the range of things that christian youth workers practice and therefore Mm. what they invite young people to experience as spiritual or christian practices and lament and sabbath like practicing rest and fasting <laughs> and mm. challenging injustice were right at the bottom of that list yeah. um but mm. those are some of the practices that we have had to engage with in the last year through a pandemic and i think um, as our range of practice and ways of experiencing god and ways of expressing church broaden we can with authenticity say to young people come and experience a richer broader kind of life or we just need to follow them if they're doing it <laughs> if they're doing mm-hmm. it first um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's an element of that, isn't there, in terms of, uh, you, you know, you hope that youth workers and those working with young people would know that they have the permission to also take time for themselves to not just engage in those, but especially off the back of the pandemic, to take that time to heal and grieve and reflect and grow. And I think... um you know, I think one of the, the most beautiful things about people who volunteer with young people is obviously they've got a heart for other people. They've got a heart for the younger generation. And I think um, it can sometimes be so easy to forget to do the processing that we need to do ourselves. Mm. Um, and obviously not not saying to process that with the young people, because that's likely not the appropriate way to do it. Um, but I think to be able to do that yourself and allow yourself to do that and to be able to do that in a healthy way does that. And as you said, um, provide an example and a pathway um, for young people as well and I think it's that classic thing isn't it that um, when you're in any type of, of leadership actually looking after yourself um, is the first step to looking after others as well in many ways um, and so I think sort of thinking what are the ways that that maybe youth workers need to process and engage in a fresh way with God to be able to be revitalized for this next season as well yeah. um, rather than just trying to drag themselves from one thing to the next so. yeah. and this this really takes us into well it might makes my mind think about 
you know, musical worship, because I think lots of people listening to this will be involved in musical worship and lots of young people love, you know, that's one of the big highlights of something like Soul Survivor, isn't it? It's going to, you know, big worship event or seeing bands, you know, and, and yet I do think that one of the things the pandemic has done is, has shown us um, that that's not really enough. <laughs> and, you know, there are times when you, you can't go and see a band or you can't go to a big, you know, mm. musical worship event. And so Lucy, when you're talking about, you know, the other practices that are there, you know, I, I, certainly for me, you know, the fact that I've had in the past some experience of contemplative worship and and that's been sort of part of my life. That's what I've really drawn on in the last 18 months. And um, yeah, the, certainly the best youth workbook I ever read was um, Mark Iaconelli's Contemplative uh, Youth Ministry. Mm-hmm. And I just wondered if if you guys have got, you know, any stories or experiences just of, of, of youth groups or young people or youth leaders just doing those other uh, practices or just other ways of engaging with God, not that we throw away music or, you know, hopefully people will be able to get their bands back together and things, but are there just other things that can, can enrich? Yeah, they're, they're, they've got to be, haven't they? I think one of, one of the things that opened up so much for us culturally and definitely in the church as, as well was that when we couldn't meet large numbers of people inside, we could only meet one or two outside. Mm. Thing, and you know, in our in our church, we began doing monthly. We called it liturgy in the wild, and mm. it was you know it, it was just about small groups being outside in different ways and thinking about how we could uh, worship outdoors. And I know that's something that you do a lot mm. of, Sam. Um, mm. You guys thinking about what it means to engage with creation in our in our worship and to be mm. just moving um, in in all of that. I think. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting. Like there were quite a lot of thinking about um, online. I'm not sure that this is entirely what you what you're what you're thinking of. But I think lots of people were using um, Instagram to yeah. do lots of kind of short videos and daily devotionals and ways of ways of praying and connecting and maybe less musical worship, but sh- like just regular ongoing ways of thinking about connecting faith in everyday life that were less yeah. like the kind of God the God talk at the end of a weekly youth group <laughs> for some people transitioned into um, like just daily backwards and forwards on WhatsApp groups about mm. what's going on and prayer or, or, or like, here's an image that I want to share that is associated with the scripture or, um, and, and so some of that became more fluid and more regular and um, a lot more text-based and a lot more image-based mm. um, because social media sets itself up for that. And, and, and we know the message from young people is around social media is quite complicated. It's um, it can be a source of anxiety and bullying, but they also recognise it's a form of connection and creativity as well. And they don't just want us to dismiss it and demonise it and think that it's just driving them to despair. And so, the, how we use that in worship in these sorts of moments, I think, has been quite interesting. Great. Yeah, I think, you know, there is something uh, wonderful and beautiful about having sung corporate worship. And I know some places have started doing that outside. They've been able to, um, you know, actually be able to sing in a larger group. But I think um, there is also such being a wide range of what worship is and um, what that looks like. And I think, you know, we, we spoke a little bit before about how 
um, young people have seen this level of suffering and a lot are engaged in sort of social justice issues and and sometimes you know doing practical things and social action are worshiping themselves mm. and so what does it look like to engage in those things or to have those more reflective times of worship or um, I know some people who have who are particularly creative and so have tried painting and drawing around different psalms and different things and I think um, there's been sort of a, a boom in people experimenting and trying different things and I think the plus side of the past season is because it's been so new for everyone I feel like there's been this uh, what I've sensed is there's been slightly less fear over experimentation and what if it goes wrong because it's kind of been new territory for everyone so if it goes a bit wrong everyone's just kind of like oh well we're all learning um and so I think actually that experimenting and trying different um elements of worship are really beautiful and I I don't think you know music musical worship and sung worship I think you know it's obviously here to stay it's a really valued part of corporate worship and a beautiful way of gathering many people around one particular moment and thinking about specific themes to do with God but I just think um you know it does open our eyes up to the possibilities of what worship can look like um and what that can look like for young people as well and particularly if you are from a smaller church that can't you know go anywhere near replicating what happens when you go to big corporate youth events and things but to try other things that do work with two young people in a room with a beanbag and a bible like (laughs) I think um which which is the situation for many youth workers that they they don't have lots of fancy things but there are many other ways of of doing worship and reflecting on things and and having moments of thanks and gratitude and and the hearts behind a lot of things so yeah I love that um, suggestion around creativity and it's just reminded me that that was one of the practices that um, in particular Christian youth workers recognise. It's kind of like a bridging practice, particularly to young people who had no experience of church, but facilitating them being creative in different ways and then being able to tell a story about where that creativity comes from and, and, and how it taps into that sense of who God is and who they are who are they are made in the image of that that is um it's actually quite a missional practice to say that you can yeah you can you can engage in in worship through expressing creativity and um one of the things that came out of that practices research and recognizing that creativity is a really important one that we don't often talk about theologically was that um we produced a resource at youthscope called showcase which was specifically for using with young people um who who can't gather and but but it was about giving them creative challenges a different one each week that they could explore and they could try and that they could talk about but it was it's a form of processing emotion it's a form of um reflecting theologically potentially and and I, I think it can also bring you into encounter with god so i think i really like that idea of using worship that way mm. Brilliant. Oh, that's a great place to uh, to start to come into land um, with those kind of creative ideas. So thank you uh, guys so much for your time. And it's really great to hear from your experience and your research and um, and all you're doing. So I uh, just want to give you the opportunity to uh, just share where people can kind of find the resources you've been talking about or more about what uh, you guys do in your in your work. So uh, Beth, why don't you go first? Tell us what where people can find stuff from you. 
Yeah, great. So um, there are so a couple of different places. If you just in general want to know more about Youth for Christ, um, and Youth for Christ does have 70 centres also around the country um, to find one near you, then you can just head to yfc.co.uk. Um, if you are interested in looking into the resources in particular, then that one is resources.yfc.co.uk. Um, and also recently we've launched um, a sort of blog and podcast sort of looking at um, youth culture and things that are relevant to youth culture which you can find on yfc.co.uk forward slash youth updates which basically every month just gives uh, an insight into three different areas of youth culture um, and has like a little little cheeky word of the month as well um, so yeah so there's just a few little places for you to find things then um, so yes hopefully that will be helpful to some of you guys listening yeah. so I listened to that that's hosted by you that podcast you were uh, you were uh, myself and a colleague called Hannah yeah. who's very wonderful yeah it's very good and Lucy, do you want to give us your digits? Well, not your digits, but you know what I mean, your, um, your, your Instagram sure. tags and all that business. Um, I won't do like a full on all the different places, but um, in terms of the research, uh, head to youthscape.co.uk um, and you can, one of the things I would point you to is the story, which is our four times a year research digest that tries to pull together anything that's published that's relevant to young people in youth ministry in the church and we actually we normally have a big fold out poster you have to be a subscriber to see that but we did a piece of research on youth ministry in the pandemic and at the moment you can go and get that poster for free if you if you google the story and youthscape and at the store that's where you can find all the various resources including things like showcase and the stuff that's um we we particularly kind of resource churches uh, including stuff for the pandemic and out of the pandemic etc uh, but it's all on the website great brilliant thank you guys so much for all you do we're really grateful for youthscape and for youth for christ um i'm sure lots of people listening to this will just be really grateful for your for your insight so thanks for being with us yeah thank and you guys thank you for having us as well it's been a pleasure yeah oh, thank you so nice. much bye bye Visit engageworship.org slash disruptingworship for reflection questions and links to resources for each episode. You can get in touch with us by email on info at engageworship.org and also via Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at engageworship.org.